Hello, world. Welcome back to another very special golf subpar. The second major championship of the year is in the books. And Brooks Kepka doing what he does in major championships, picks up his fifth major title, his third PGA championship, becoming just the 20th man to have my five major championships. An unreal performance on an amazing golf course. Oak Hill Country Club, Sleaze. Give me your thoughts, my man. I was there. I saw it up close and personal on Saturday. Walked with Brooks and Bryson all 18 holes. Brooks is a different animal now that he's healthy and back in major championships. Yeah, and first of all, Oak Hill, God, when the rain was coming down, I was watching those guys like, oh, 500-yard par four, 490, 495 up the hill. I saw, you know, Michael Block was hitting driver into 17 and par four. I was like, I want no piece of this place. It was a monster. I thought it I thought it stood up incredibly well. I thought Brooks's winning score also was a little bit lower than I would have thought at the beginning of the week. Talking with some of the guys, everyone kind of had it around five, six. He played unbelievably. It has been beaten like a dead horse, but the his ability to just show up in the hardest golf courses, in the biggest tournaments, in the biggest moments, and just look unfazed while everyone else kind of beats themselves. And he's there at the end of the week holding the trophy, man. It's just I haven't seen anything like it uh, ever before that I can remember. I mean, guys that win that, like, get to five major championships, typically they're winning tons of other events as well. And he just has a knack for turning it on. You were up there. What did you think of the place? I loved it. I've never played Oak Hill. I walked around it on Wednesday, and I've never been to a golf course that I've never seen that I wanted to play more than Oak Hill. It is just beautiful. The redesign they did was fantastic. It's hard. You know, I think that score would have been closer to par, like you mentioned, if we didn't get all the rain we got on Saturday. I mean, it dumped. I was so miserable. It was so cold out there. Luckily, I got to witness some good golf walking with Brooks and Bryson. They were both great. Um, you know, for the most part, too, I was interested to see how the New York crowds treat them with everything with Liv going on. You know, other than a, there was a couple boos for Brooks when he teed off on Saturday. There was quite a few for Bryson when they announced his name. But after that, everyone was so nice cheering. I mean, the crowd seemed to be kind of on the side of Brooks Kepka there, especially on Sunday. But you mentioned it. I mean, what he does in majors, it's just ridiculous. It, I hadn't seen him play like that in a while. And I, I said going into the Masters, a healthy Brooks Kepka is going to be a problem at majors. It just gets him going. And once again, he finishes second at the Masters after a bad Sunday. And then he comes here and just dominates. It was something special to watch. Um, Every part of his game looked fantastic. He's so intense. I mean, he's he's the real deal, man. I mean, why why not be in contention in the next two? This? Well, how could you count him out of it? I mean, it's just like, you know, you're coming down the stretch there. Hovland's making a move. Brooks is matching him. I'm like, all right, it's going to come down to these two guys. And it's just like it happens every single time. Tiger Woods was one of like, the best probably at it ever, especially in major championships. Like, if you just – and it's so easy to say and hard to do, but, like, you just don't make mistakes and wait for other people to mess up. Like, they will but it's really, really hard to do. And sure enough, Victor catches that, you know, lie in the rough, plugs it under there. And after that, you know, he takes a drop and it was, it was virtually done at that point, but I also found it interesting, Colt, like we got Brooks and Bryson pairing in a major championship. You rewind a few years ago, people were dying for that. Like that was all the talk in the world of golf, put Brooks and Bryson together. This will be a thing. And then they finally get it. And it was like, you know, no one even really cared at that point. And with what Brooks has done at the masters, damn near won that thing. Now he's won the PGA going away. Like it is going to be, I don't know if he's done it automatically on points already, but damn, if you, if he ain't on that Ryder cup, man, it's going to be, uh, uh, he's going to be a hard guy to keep off. I'll tell you that. Cause he is just a, a force to be reckoned with right now. He's up to second in the points, but the way it works with so many big events left on the PGA tour that he won't be playing in, you know, the purses are $20 million at these designated events. There's a, the ability for a lot of guys to make a lot of points, so it'll be interesting to see. He's going to have to play well in the next couple of majors to automatically make it. But, yeah, I mean, how do you not pick him? It's if, like he's uh, – even if he doesn't, he's got yeah. four and he's not automatic, but he, he even shows any signs of life in the next – he's like, dude, the guy's had four events and he's pretty much – you know, he's in the top 12 or even close to it. Like, how are you not going to take him against guys that have had tons of events to accumulate those points? It's going to be hard-pressed to, to keep him off of that, and um, it'll be a huge talking point in the world of golf going forward. And we got to mention another huge talking point, Michael Block. The Cinderella How about that story. show, dude? With the up and down on 18, I was watching. I was like, damn, dude, if he – if he, I didn't think – I mean, honestly, that up and down on 18, I was like, he's odds are he's not getting this up and down. He's going to just miss out on the top 15, getting to go back, and damned if he doesn't land that thing in the rough, trickles out there, and then rolls it in on the last revolution. I mean, that was a joke just watching him 
that whole week of the hole in one. It was just like, dude, this is straight out of a movie. Yeah, it was such a special week. I mean, shooting 70 the first three days, just the way the crowd embraced him. I, I said it on 18. I said, you know, he showed up and not many people knew who he was. He's leaving as the crowd favorite and he might as well spend 18 in the crowd. I mean, he ended over there in the middle, just a ridiculous up and down, landed it in the rough, trickles it down to, you know, eight, nine feet and makes it for par. He's playing alongside Roy McIlroy. First of all, the reaction on Saturday when he found out he was playing with Roy was incredible. I mean, he's just like, what is happening to me? Like this this week, you just can't make it up. He's in the top 10 at a major. He's playing with Rory McIlroy on Sunday. He flies it in the hoop on 15. The place goes insane. I was with Bryson um, at the time. Bryson and Corey Connors in the next to last group. And we just heard this insane roar. And Bryson's like, what just happened? I said, Michael Block just flew it in the hoop on 15. He goes, have yourself a week. Like, I mean, you, you can't make it up. Just flew it right in the hoop. And then to get it up and down to get into next year's PGA, so cool, man. He was awesome. He was a man of the people. Saturday night, went out to dinner right by our hotel, had himself a couple glasses of wine, just enjoyed the whole experience. He ate it up. Um, man, he just, I'm so proud of him. That is such a tough spot to be a club pro, a guy that doesn't get to play a whole lot. He says he has one bucket of balls a week. Um, to do that on that stage, I, he'll, it doesn't matter what he does going forward. He will always be remembered for Oak Hill in the 105th PGA. And to do it in New York with those fans, too, that they just rally behind the underdog. I was texting with Hostler because he plays a lot with Bo Hostler, Patrick Cantlay out there. I was like, tell me a little bit about Bobby. Like, dude, he's a stick. He's as good of a guy as there comes. He's awesome. Like, this week means so much to him. Actually, we had him on Radio Colt the day you were flying up to uh, Oak Hill. He came on as just like, hey, they're going to give us a PGA um, Tour Pro, you know, or, or excuse me, PGA Professional to come on the show. We happened to get Michael Block, talk to him. He was a 10 on radio and he's like man i got one thing left i want to do in the game of golf that i haven't done and that's stand on the 18th green with the champion as a low pga professional uh and i won't be happy until i did uh, i've done it and i this is going to be like basically called it like this is going to be the year i'm going to do it and i was like man we're rooting for you he got off the air and i was like if, if you don't root for this dude to be low pga pro then there's something wrong with you. he was awesome and then damned if he didn't go and do it and how about now uh don't get too rusty, bud. You're going to Colonial. You're going to go to the Canadian Open a little bit later. He's going to have a chance to make a little coin, and uh, the fans are going to get to see him a little more too, man. He was a he was a stud all the way around that thing. Listen, I mean, normally Rory's the crowd favorite. People going nuts over him. He was an afterthought the last few holes there at Oak Hill on Sunday. Coming up 18, he looked at me because, I mean, Rory ships it by him. Rory hit it 40 yards by him or whatever on 18. I'm standing up by Rory's ball. And I turn around, I walk up, and Roy just looks at me and goes, are you fucking kidding me with what's going on right now? I was like, this is so great. I mean, the whole place is chanting block, and he's playing alongside Rory McIlroy, one of the most popular players on the tour in the game of golf. And to, once again, to get it up and down, tip of the cap to you, my friend. So cool. Oh. Enjoy every second of it. Um, we're hoping to get you on subpar soon. I know we've been um, trading some texts with him, um, hoping to make this episode happen soon. But, man. That was so cool. Not many times in Rory's career has he come up the last hole of a major champion. He's just been trying to like get a championship and trying to get out of the way and let the other guy take the yeah. state. You know what I mean? Especially when it wasn't a guy that was winning the golf tournament. And he was just like, dude, this is his moment. And I'm not a lip reader or anything, but when he gave him the hug after he made that putt and Rory tapped in, I'm pretty sure he said, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. And I was like, yep, dude, that's pretty much sums it up. Uh, props to Rory, too, for, for uh, being as cool as he was to him the entire time. He was great. He had never met Rory before. So even on the range, they were hitting balls kind of close to each other. They're about eight yards away. And I walk up to tell Michael, great playing and good luck. I was like, dude, just go out and enjoy it. I was like, sorry, you got to play with this asshole today. And Rory turned around and goes, did you just call me an asshole? And I was like, yeah. I was like, just trying to loosen this guy up a little bit. But man, what a performance. Sickening. I mean, I, I mean, that's Rory on Saturday. He's like, I didn't even look Justin Rose in the face for the first three holes because I didn't want to like get out of my zone and be like, oh, I'm a fan of this guy's. And then Rory shows up on Sunday and it's like, well, here you go. Here's another chance. He he showed up, and that was that was like storybook stuff. All right. Well, we got a very special guest once again, though. Congrats to Brooks Kepka. You know, live PGA Tour. Don't care. Unbelievable win. Fifth major championship. You deserve it. Congratulations. Uh, we got a special guest this week. Pat and Gazai are going to join us. But this week's episode is brought to you by Ruby Frost Apples. We've tried them, and these apples capture the perfect balance of sweet and tart with a hearty crunch. Ruby Frost apples are grown by more than 150 family farmers in New York State, including the Rochester area where the PGA Championship just took place. 
Ruby Frost apples are currently available to purchase at many major retailers across the country, including Aldi, BJ's, Tops, Sprouts, The Fresh Market, Hannaford, Trader Joe's, and more. Whether you're grabbing one on the go to put in your golf bag or sharing them with your family, Ruby Frost healthy attributes benefit everyone. Bursting with vitamin C, Ruby Frost apples contain no fat, sodium, or cholesterol, are an excellent source of fiber, and full of natural energizing sugars. So ladies, these things are delicious. They're perfect for you while you're out there competing in the four ball. Make sure you have one in your bag because an apple a day keeps the doctor and the bogeys away. You are exactly right. I find it pairs very nice with a little Red Bull cult. Ruby Frost Red Bull. You will not run out of gas on the course. All right, let's get to Pat and Gazire on Golf Subpar. Okay, we have the privilege of talking to one of the best athletes in the history of Auburn University. Two-time winner on the PGA Tour and the unanimous selection by the Sea Island crew as the guy they like to take money off of the most, Patton Desire. What's up, Patton? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. First off, do you agree with that statement yeah, by all the other you... guys? I think they 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 like to take money off me the most because I'm the hardest to get. Uh, there you go. That's, that's fair. Because. You know, I'm, I'm I'm the guy who's down all day and then just presses, 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 and then wins 18, and they're all pissed off, and I just leave with a big grin on my face. I won't tell you who told us to ask, but we're going to say over, <laughs> under, <laughs> over under in your money games at Sea Island, over or under 50K, you're up. <laughs> Gosh, uh, I, it's, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good number. My, my pick okay. has been... My picking's been pretty bad right now, so I'm, I'm scared to pull the trigger on the over-under. Okay, yeah, my picking's been bad, too. Are you the career, <laughs> since you've been out there, are you the career money list leader at Sea Island? I'd have to say, yeah. I like to That's gamble nice. the most. I mean, a lot of guys don't like to gamble, and uh, I like to lay it on the line. My favorite God thing My favorite thing I heard, because I'm a big fan of this, uh, you're not a fan of the Venmo. Uh, you know, I like to pay out in Venmo and collect. Cash. So that's <laughs> okay, perfect. Deal. I'm I'm straight cash. I don't want any it's Venmo. It's so much more intimate and hurts so much more yeah. for the other person to have to hand you cash. It feels you just fake. push a button, it's like received. It's like, no, no, I want you to look me in the eye and know that yeah. you've been defeated. Colt's got the, the Randy Moss straight cash, homie. Yes. Yeah, it's a good policy. Uh, our Drew Kittleson made our buddy Tommy Kane golf balls that said... Uh, Straight cash, no Venmo. Yeah. On it. They're big on that, too. I like that. Yeah. It's way more hurtful. All right. Let me flip that question for you, though. Since we've asked everybody else and they've gotten to say you, who's your favorite guy to take money off of out there? Oh, man. Uh, there's so many of them. Uh, none of them, <laughs> you know, like, They're I would really like to take Harmon's money, but we're just like, we're, we don't, we don't really do that. Like, we don't, we don't gamble. He doesn't like to. He doesn't like to gamble. But in Harris, I mean, how could you like taking money off Harris or JT? I mean, I like their money, but I, you know, those guys are so nice, and I, I, I don't like. I like when it gets kind of unfriendly, and and uh, we we <laughs> somebody leaves pissed off. That, that's what I like, and and those guys don't like to do that. But there's we got a bunch of guys in Sea Island that like to gamble a little bit. Um, anybody's just just. Uh, you know, the daily, whoever, whoever wants, wants action. As our good friend at Whisperock says, it's no fun unless somebody's crying. <laughs> yeah. Taking money from Harris feels like taking money from Santa Claus. It's like everyone loves him. You can't, you know, I don't want him to hurt. It's too nice. Uh, a couple uh, other ones. Those are, those are good dudes that it's, it's like, uh, I don't want to piss that guy off. Yeah. Y'all got a hell of a crew down there. I want to go back to college though, a little bit, because I mean, you grew up Tuscaloosa. Your dad played baseball at Bama, and you just be the little asshole and go to Auburn. I don't know. I just had to be. How'd that, that guy. go over with the family? Some of them handled it better than others. Um, you know, it seemed like as soon as I went to Auburn, you know, Nick Saban came into town, and then every November and you know postseason, I was like, damn it. Uh, <laughs> but we. Uh, Auburn got a few wins there, and then uh, I had I had a little ammo um, during the Tuberville days. But um, my dad wanted me to go. My mom and dad wanted me to go wherever I wherever I was happy. And I had some buddies going to Auburn, and um, the Alabama team I didn't really have friends, so 
I decided to go to Auburn and and uh, live it up in Auburn for a little while. It was it was quite a time. More damn eagle. More damn eagle. More and damn. you married you married an Alabama girl, right? Crimson no, I married Georgia. Oh, Georgia. Oh, Georgia. Georgia. That's right. I knew it was a rival. Yeah. Dogs. Yeah. I mean, no, I you got. I can't get away from it. I got Alabama family and Georgia wife, and you know, here I am, Auburn, with you know Brian Harson for the last few years, just with my tail tucked between my legs, all all bitter. But uh, I think things, ha- go ahead. Things are picking up with Hugh Freeze. I think uh, we might have some players coming in and uh, a little bit different mentality. So I'm ready to see what happens. Old Hugh, yeah, he's, he's tightening things up. We you got yeah. you got two little ones at home. <laughs> You got two little kids at home. Rumor has it your boy's already rooting for the dogs. Man, he so my wife and I made a deal. Uh, each each Auburn Georgia game, whoever wins, uh, Palmer, my son, my three year old son, will wear that team's jersey on Saturdays for the rest of the year until the next meeting. And uh, he's been wearing Georgia um, the <laughs> whole time. <laughs> That's awesome. If he grows up and goes to Georgia, when he gets there, Stetson Bennett will be 72, so that'll be cool. <laughs> he might still be the quarterback. He might yeah, be on that COVID year. Sleaze is mad because Georgia just scored again. They've been tough on me, these Georgia guys, after the throttling in the national championship. They're all good dudes. Actually, all the fans at the game were pretty good, too, but I've had a, about enough of it. It was a long day, long half for and me then before had- I gave up, actually. <laughs> And then you had Chris Kirk showing up to the players in the sixty-five to seven shirt. Yeah, it's just we got it. Yeah, we, get we it, got Chris. it, dude. It was over about the end of the first quarter. We got it. We got uh, it. We got it. Yeah, I saw That's him in the line wearing that shirt, and I was like, "What's what's that shirt? Is that like Georgia's record over the last four years or something or five years?" And he's like, "That was the score of the game." I was like, "Oh shit, you're right. That, that was yeah." Tough one. So you were you were there, you were live in the flesh there watching the just oh, yeah. throbbing. I was there. We showed up. I came over with some buddies. We showed up during the national anthem. We were racing there. It was pouring rain. It was nasty. We got there. I was like, yes, thank God we're gonna get here for kickoff. We got there. And I was a I was a passenger on the transportation, by the way. So I wasn't calling the shots. And at halftime, I looked over at them and they went, they gave us the old round them up signal. And I was like, well, I would love, my boys are known for a little second half charge, but this one might be out of reach and it ain't my show. So here we go. And we left and we watched it on the, in the van on the way uh, back. And I was like, thank God we didn't stay. I can't take it anymore. It's like watching your kid just get beat up. Just make it stop. I know. I know. It was a hard watch, but it was pretty Season the season you guys had to get to that point was very impressive. Yeah, um, I'll take dogs, it. They're but they're too much. They're on another level. They're they're different. Who's they're a different? Who's a bigger deal at Auburn? Cam Newton, Charles Barkley, or Bo Jackson? Well, you know, not Cam Newton. I mean, he was the best college football player I've ever seen live. Um, but not Cam Newton. Uh, Charles Barkley and Bo Jackson are. Bo was. Bo is the best athlete to ever play the game. I mean, people would argue with me, but I mean, best athlete to, to in my lifetime. Um, but Charles Barkley with his personality and, you know, his, his appearance on TV all the time. And he, he's so entertaining. I mean, those are the two guys that people would, would say are Auburn, you know, represent Auburn or Auburn legends. So um, Chuck's, very entertaining um but Bo's the best best athlete ever have you ever gotten to play with either of them i've never played golf with either one of them um yeah i know Bo a little bit better than chuck um chuck's big time you know i'm i'm just a auburn golf guy but uh Bo's taking a little time to get to know me and we uh we talk bow hunting and no pun intended uh but Bo knows uh bow hunting and we we talk about that and talk about golf and hey, he's been pretty cool. Chuck's Chuck's big time. I, I I can't even get my call in with him. He's he's the yeah. man, literally uh, in. And Colton, hey, he's Colton yeah. Buck, or, or Chuck your boys. Yeah, we he's around. Bit. He's around. He just lives right down the road he's over around. here. Um, as good as they come. And he just joined Whisperock too. Speaking of people we need up there more often for some easy money. <laughs> Tough games up there. I, bet. Um, I, well, I want to talk gamble? about the. Will he play? I mean, how do you get a match? Will like he gamble? Stroke a hole, except par threes. 
Yes, and for the record, his first week as a member was the member member. Yeah. And him and Dan Marley won the entire thing like by a lot. Like going away like, big time. Charles has gotten so much better. He's he's really feeling himself. That's what I mean. I feel like it'd be hard to handicap that match because I feel like he could shoot 100 or he could shoot 80. Uh, it, it just depends on his, you know, how, how he is at, you know, at the time. He told me the other day he shot 84, and I'm like, 14 he's, shots? I got to He's I gotten play. over it all. He's hitting it. He's hitting it forward. He's hitting it further than you would think. And, like, with all the pops, it's it's a dangerous situation. Yeah, he and Thunder, like, blitzed. Killed blitzed the field. the member member. Wasn't even close. Nice. So he Dan, might be getting reduced. Dan Marley. I remember playing NBA Jam with Dan Marley. The Thunder. That was, uh, that was, that was pretty fun. He's a, He's a beauty, too. Uh, Did you guys play NBA Jam? Of course. Oh, greatness. Heating it's up. Heating up. Yeah. Wasn't he, <laughs> he, 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 <laughs> you're a name that I feel like gets forgot about because we'll, we'll, we'll have basketball guys on here. Just some, And it always gets brought up like, do a starting five of PGA Tour players for for a pickup game. You're six five, and I feel like your name doesn't get brought up enough. I think they're forgetting about know. you. I'm the forgotten tall guy. No, I mean, I can play a little basketball, but I'm a golfer. You know, I, I didn't play. I didn't play after ninth grade, so um, I, I don't have any like all state team or anything like that. I mean, I, I'm kind of the lazy golfer that would like to sit out by the three point line and just throw up you know, bricks here and there. And, uh, uh, I can shoot a little bit. I can play a little bit, but you know, Tony Finau's got it. He, he, he would have to be a pick, you know, it's, he gets yeah. on the list. You say PJ tour. Guys, I, I almost said Dustin Johnson, but that's not, he's not, he doesn't he qualify. Used to be on the list. Yeah. He was on waivers. He got claimed. Although I did see his jump shot in the, in the show and i was like mm, i don't know yeah I, don't know I expected I, something I different on, too i don't know if he's on the starting five anymore are you are you currently the tallest guy on the pj tour you're listed at six five i think so there there's a few uh european tour guys that yeah, have that one dude six ten they may they, yeah that victor Depries guy yeah yeah that guy yeah he smashes it. Um, he's a, he's a big fella, but I don't know who has PJ's tour status and who doesn't. You know the, um, Mar Adrian Moronk or uh, you know yeah, Victor Perez or like I don't know. Like, are these guys on the PGA tour? Or everything's so confusing right now. But there's some pretty tall guys uh, that I've seen from overseas. What did you think about that full swing? You said you watched it as a tour player. You know, you're out there. You see it all. What you, did you think of that that product? Did you learn anything or was it cool? Would you want to be a part of it? Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I thought some of the episodes were better than others. Some guys are more intriguing than others. I, I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm boring. You know, I, I like to. Well, I mean, if they could follow me into the woods or follow me out on the boat and go fishing or something like that, that would be entertaining. But back home, I'm just trying to keep my kids from screaming, you know, trying to you know, make sure everything's everything's going smoothly and until I can get them to bed and have a beer and, and uh, you know, watch the Netflix show and watch, watch Full Swing. Let's get into your, uh, your golf a little bit here because – I respect the hell out of you. you. You spent, you had a little stint on the mini tours before getting your web.com card. Where all were you playing back then? And what are you, some, there's some of the best stories come from the mini tours. What are your best memories of like before you corn Ferry tour, PJ tour? I had a large stint on the mini tour. Uh, yeah. My first successful year pro, though. <laughs> my first year as a pro, I qualified for Q school and was in the finals of Q school going out to Palm Springs to get my PGA tour card. I think it might have been the last, uh, one of the last few years that they offered that. And I started off nice, and uh, all of a sudden, at the end of the tournament, I found myself in like 110th or something. I was like, damn. So I got in like two events, two or three events throughout the year and missed the cut and then, you know, auto, auto mini tour. So I uh, played the mini tour for seven years um seven or eight years i think i played q school seven or eight times 
And, uh, man, a lot of memories on the mini tour, a lot of good friends made a lot of dumb decisions made living in Auburn playing the mini tour. I do remember showing up to an e-golf tour event and I opened the back of my Tahoe and I looked at my buddy, Andrew Medley. And I said, where are my clubs? Yeah. I drove six and a half hours to Charlotte, North Carolina <laughs> and didn't have my clubs in my, in my Tahoe. So I had like five irons in, in this like little moon bag and I had a driver, a two iron, a putter. I had, I had a 60, a nine through four, a two iron, a putter, and I finished like ninth that week. And I just played with those clubs. Um, Who'd you so, get them from? No, they're in just the back. Like, oh, yeah. So yeah. A set of extras just kind of tucked into my into my Tahoe, but I didn't have my real real set. Um, you know, just doing dumb stuff like that. Uh, I remember in 20 – so did y'all hear about Kent Bull caddying for Steven Yeager who left his club on 15 this past week? I don't know if y'all saw that article or anything. I knew he was caddying for him. I didn't know he lost a club. Please tell so us he makes me feel better. They get to 18, and, and Jaeger's telling him, you know, good job today. Um, but the tee shot on 18, Jaeger bombed it down the middle, and he's he's smashing it now. Um, and he's got like 114 downwind. And Kent's looking in the bag, and he's like, man, he's got this. He's got the the 60 or the 58 in his hand. He's like, man, he's going to he's going to crush this one. And after Jaeger hits, he puts the club in the bag, and it wasn't the 58. And he's like, oh, shit, where, where's the 58? And Jaeger's like, great job, Kent. Um, and Kent says, hang on, hang on. Uh, we finished with 13 clubs. He's like, what? And so the 58's back on 15. But my story is about Kent. He, I watched him chip in on the last hole in front of me in a Peach State Tour or a Hopkins Tour event in Atlanta one time. So I watched him make this impossible flop shot on 18. And we were playing in carts. So I pull up in the cart. And as I'm pulling up to the clubhouse in the cart, or it's not really a clubhouse because Kent was using the bathroom in a porter potty. So we're at... He, I walk. I see him walk into the porta potty, and I pull the golf cart up to the porta potty, and <laughs> I I ram it. I like kind of hit it, and the thing shifts probably a foot on the ground, and I hear him go, "Shit, damn!" <laughs> uh, I mean, that's know, terrifying. Just doing a, dumb yeah, stuff nightmare. like that. It was it was one of the funniest reactions I've heard. Um, yeah, you know, I can't believe that I really ran the the porta potty with a golf cart. With Can you imagine that thing tips over? Oh. It's the it's the worst situation imaginable in life. Uh, you mentioned oh. you mentioned the Hopkins tour. Do they still owe you money? Yeah, they do. The they owe they owe several people money. I, I, I imagine Smiley Kaufman and myself are at the top of the list. Yeah, there was a tour out here on the West Coast. Actually, it went all around everywhere. It's before your time. Same deal. Okay, they how just, did, they how just folded this... up shop one day and were like, oh, see you later. We ran out of cash. But <laughs> wait, you, you, you have this money from entry fees and whatever sponsors and like, this is the purse because this is how much money we have. How do they just not pay? Who knows? I don't know if they were, you know, they get, you got to pay the employees and stuff like that. I, I don't know what happened. Um, it was a nightmare. They, the, the tour seemed too good to be true. And, and it was. Uh, but I sure did get in there. I got in there and, and took advantage of it for sure. I, I crushed it. Like it happens like every so often, like a new tour starts up, they're paying more money. Everyone flocks to it. They're getting paid for a while. And then all of a sudden it's like, poof, it's gone. I have it out here. Tony Fina, Harrington, bunch of dudes were on that tour. Like what, like what kind of number are we talking that they shorted you? I think they shorted me about 16 grand. Okay. So enough. No, they owe you. No, that's not, it's not going to kill him. You know. At the time, it seemed like a big deal, but uh, yeah, that was the year before I got onto the web.com tour for the second time. Um, and I was playing tournaments like that and was playing great 
and raking it in. My confidence was soaring. So I'll trade that 16 grand for the amount of confidence that that tour gave me. Did anyone else off of that, like your mini tour stint, you were one of the guys I'm sure people pointed to like, yep, he's going to make it. I could point out the guys basically out here on the West coast that I was like, yeah, he's going to make it. He's going to make it. Who else came off of those tours that is playing on the PJ tour now? Oh man. Um, I'd have to put some thought into that. I mean, Smiley played, obviously he's played a few events. Uh, he didn't, he kind of got in the game late on that tour. Um, and then was on the, a winner on the PGA tour before he could even blink. Um, I'm trying to think Jaeger. Uh, Harmon spent some time on the mini tours, didn't he? Early Harman, on. Yeah, he played out here played, a little bit. Yeah. Harmon played some Hooters and some uh, e-golf. Harmon fronted me some money to basically keep my career going, uh, which was pretty nice of him. And Hold he on, didn't have- no, we got to hear this story real quick. Like, yeah. that's incredible. I've never heard that. So did you go to him and be like, man, I'm in a bad spot? Yeah, I was like, man, I, I just don't have money to sign up for these tournaments. And he was actually playing in the same tournament that I was trying to sign up for. And he gave me two grand for like two tournaments. And I think I finished third or second in the tournament, the first one. That he that he uh, he funded me for, and I mean, boom! Now I got an extra, you know, ten grand or something. Um, yeah, he he's, he's uh, I, I have a lot of thanks to say to him. Wow, I mean, he, that's a guy. He's an asshole. Yeah. I mean, we all know he's an asshole, but uh, he's <laughs> a great friend, asshole to myself. That is I take awesome. back everything. I actually love Harmon. I think he's <laughs> fantastic, by the way. Uh, what year was that? Because it was about around, like, I guess, 2012, 2013. Uh, you had some driver issues going on. You started working with Todd Anderson. Was that, was that like, the same time? Yeah, I mean, I had, driver, I had driver issues as soon as I stepped on the campus at Auburn University. Um, <laughs> no, my freshman year, I was actually decent. But I, for a long time, I couldn't find the planet for – from 20 or 2007 or six to 2014. I mean, I, I really, I really couldn't, couldn't play an entire round without just hitting one way foul. Um, so yeah, Todd worked with me and, and, uh, he, he didn't charge me. He was just doing it, um, to help me out. And, and Randy Myers and here at Sea Allen was, helped me out and and those guys kind of got me straight to where I could at least hit it, hit it down the fairway. And then all of a sudden I started competing against all the great players that live down here. You know, I remember playing with Davis Love for the first time. Uh, we were playing Brunswick Country Club and it was the first time I've ever played golf with Davis Love. And I remember hitting just a cold shank on 17 T and I was like, yeah, but even with the shank, I can I competed with those guys, and you know I barely lose to them. And then all of a sudden, I was beating them, and um, we worked on my game. And all of a sudden, I started growing in confidence, and uh, I just started believing in myself a little bit more. And then I go to those Hopkins Tour events in 2015, and I'm like, these guys, they they ain't got a chance. I mean, I, I didn't. I knew you were on. You had quite the journey so far to get to the PGA Tour. I didn't know it was quite like this. Um, this is really cool to hear. I want to talk about. Obviously, you, you become Corn Ferry. What's now known as Corn Ferry Tour Player of the Year. You roll out onto the PGA Tour, and you've had a hell of a run. I mean, you've won twice so far. Uh, what would you say? Are you are you happy with how your PGA Tour career has gone so far? Do you think you've overachieved, underachieved? What's your opinion? It's hard to say. I mean, I would I would say I, I've underachieved. Um, every, at every level I've, I've struggled initially and then kind of figured it out. And then I'll have a lot of narrow misses, you know, seconds, thirds, you know, whatever it is. And, and then all of a sudden, boom, I win. I'm like, Oh, all right. And I win again. And I did that on the web.com tour. So in 2015 on the Hopkins and NGA and or the Hooters tour and all that, all that, uh, mini tour, 
I finished second eight times before I won. And then I won like four or five times after that. Um, and then on the, on the web.com tour, I was the leading money winner beyond halfway through the season. I hadn't won yet. Um, and then all of a sudden I won in Utah and shortly after won in Knoxville. Uh, so it just kind of got, as soon as I got over the hump, I, I would just kind of hit it again. So, uh, when I won in, uh, I, and I missed my first PJ tour event for my wedding. I was a PJ tour member for the, the, the Napa PJ tour event. Yeah. I was getting married that week, so I didn't go. So then I showed up in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I showed up in Vegas first tournament as a member and finished second to Smiley. Uh, I felt like I could have easily won that tournament. And then he shot uh, sixty-one the last day to win. So yeah, you had to be right there. He did. I, I, I think I shot like maybe sixty-three or something, and he shot sixty-one. A group, a few groups in front of me, and I had a putt to time. Um, but yeah, it, it's. I just have a lot of, it seems like I have to narrowly miss a bunch of times or not a bunch, but a few times, uh, before I get it done. And then I won at Mayakova, uh, the fall of 2017 and then the new year of you know, January, 2018. Um, I guess it was two tournaments later. I won or three tournaments later because I played in the century. Uh, I won it at, at Sony. So it, as soon as I can kind of knock down that door, um, you know, it's easier to walk through again. Yeah, that was in a six-hole playoff over that was James, James Hahn. Hahn. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that. I was the uh, I was a little fortunate that one. I kind of just hung around, uh, hung around, and uh, had a little bit of good fortune here and there, and executed a little bit, and then all of a sudden I'm in a six-hole playoff with James Hahn, and seemed like the neither one of us really wanted to win. Uh, the there was a strike of a, a camera a golf channel or some sort of strike and the coverage yeah. was kind of funny and um the the daylight was running out and it, it was just an odd feel but uh i got it done right there probably on the last hole possible i remember uh, that i yeah I, I played that year i remember the cameraman strike yeah 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 that they were was, on the back we also had the like- missile the missile scare that's what it was missile crisis yeah that was a whole bunch of weird (laughs) the cuban missile crisis yeah did Um, you get like the alert on the phone yeah like it all went off like hey like right as everybody mayday yeah heading to the golf course that's nice this is not a drill this is serious and people are like hiding in their bathrooms at their hotel like yeah what do you do do if there's a bomb warning like yeah hey hide under your doorway you had you had such two extremes i remember like uh john peterson who's you know, cla- he's classic. I mean, he, he's a, a, a funny, wild character, but he's like in the, he has these young kids and he's all worried about it. And he's really taking cover, like putting mattresses over his, uh, mm-hmm. his bathtub. bathtub. And I text Duff, I was like, are you worried about this missile thing? He goes, ah, I'm laying in bed. Trump will save me. <laughs> I mean, tough. I was, I was with Mark Sample, our good buddy that caddied out there for a while, and I'm like, what do you do, though? I mean, should we just go grab a six-pack and go sit on the beach? Because, I mean, if, if this thing hits, it's over. There's yeah, nothing we can do. I don't care how many matches you got. If a missile hits, you got stress. You might we'll as well think. enjoy. Yeah, you might yeah. as well enjoy it. Um, yeah, I'm not going to hide in a bathtub. It really It's a little bit of the pressure off the golf tournament, though, when you're like, oh, a missile might hit, so who really gives a shit about this? You're exactly right. I mean, I, I walked down – or I, I went downstairs, and I, I saw – families like on the phone with their with their you know families back in um back home and they were they were crying and and uh yeah. it was scary and then once it all cleared up i'm like wow i'm so glad to get to play golf today this is this seems like a bonus um I, yeah. and i believe that was on like saturday wasn't it it was saturday i'm pretty yeah. sure on saturday first tee shot just high ob uh, for me and ended up shooting 64. So I don't know. It was, it was, a a lot of, a lot of emotional swings. Was, was I bet there ever any explanation for like, Oh, kidding on the pump, on the missile hat. pump fake there. Yeah. Like what was the, 
that's something that doesn't happen by accident. Like that's got to go through some checks and balances, I would think, before they send out that message. I bet when that first tee shot went OB, you said, "God damn it! I wish that missile would have just hit." All right, send it (laughs) in. Where's the missile? Send it in. Um, Yeah, I have a lot of questions about stuff like that. Yeah, who who knows? That's wild. I forgot about that. I I did too. That was that's a weird situation to be going and playing some golfing. But when you look at your two wins, you got Sony, Mayakoba. Two golf courses were really. A little different, like it's typically the bomb and gouge hit as far as you can. Those two aren't that. Is that the type of golf course? Like, do you look forward to the Colonials and the Hilton Heads and things like that? Because those two are, you know, you'd put in your own category kind of. Yeah, I do. I like uh, country club style golf courses, which Mike of is not really a country club um, as much as Sony. I mean, Sony is a dog leg Bermuda country club. Um, you know, ball position golf course and um, that yields a lot of birdies. And that that typically has been my style. Um, but my Cope, I don't I don't know. I'm not sure what it was that I liked about it. I mean, I guess if you just got it in play, I mean, getting it in play was a challenge, but getting it in play and then uh, score from there. I remember I putted. And Mike, I, I, I putted better than everybody, clearly. I mean, it was it was kind of stupid. I just made his, every putt. Anything inside 12 to 12 feet was a gimme. Um, so that, that kind of led me to the victory there. Um, but I, I love country club style courses, uh, especially the ones that yield a lot of birdies. That's something that I have noticed that, I play better when it's easier and then it was good to this, to have this past week where it was a difficult golf course to actually play well with tough wind and tough golf course. Um, yeah, I, I, I can see myself playing better on harder courses, more moving forward. Um, just with the work that I've done with Justin Parsons and, um, you know, I've got several people I've been working on trying to, get stronger and, and, uh, get better with everything. And I kind of can feel my quality of game stepping up a little bit. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome to hear. Uh, I was looking at your PGA tour bio and not to say it's hundred percent correct. Cause some people's are messed up, but it says in your dream foursome includes Aaron Rodgers. Uh, no, 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 Hang on. Jordan love. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah audible audible yeah I, I need i actually went on to my app and tried to change it um uh my aaron Rodgers deal was uh you know 2015 2016 um aaron Rodgers has really played a lot of good football for the packers i'm a packers fan which a lot of people find it hard to believe yeah wow. um there are several reasons and I have to explain this to a lot of people because they're like, wow, I mean, you, how are you a Packers fan? Um, Joe Witt Jr. was a coach at Auburn and he went to the Packers and was a secondary coach. And I was like, uh, I worked out with him a little bit. Like when I live in Auburn, when I say I worked out with him, like I worked out with him like twice. Like I saw him at the gym, <laughs> like I, I wasn't working out. Um, but I got to know him a little bit. He was, uh, his of the Packers and they had a really good secondary and I love them. And like, man, this Aaron Rodgers cat is crushing it. And my sister, her company was, uh, based out of Wisconsin. She was going to games and then, um, I ended up meeting, uh, Mason Crosby. And then my caddy is a season ticket holder. And I just was like, the Packers are my team. I mean, I'm from, you know, West Alabama. I mean, I don't have a team. I don't have a NFL. So I adopted the Packers and um, Aaron Rodgers was obviously the, the player to latch on to. Um, but uh, he's no longer the, the player. Yeah. You're going to have to call the PJ tour, update that bio. We can't believe everything on the internet. We also That's thought true. Kevin Kisner was in pre-law yeah. at Georgia, which true. returned, it turns out, believe it or not, not pre-law. true. Not yeah. true. Said he was entered into the law school. I was like, what dude, when did this happen? Um, and Des caught it by the way. I think law might be a hobby for him. Yeah, it's just a hobby. Just um, a, Esquire, Kevin Kisner, Esquire. All right, Aaron Rodgers, you're out of the force. I'm sorry about it. Yep, tough it's break. There's an chat. opening, though. All right, should we get to the E9? 
Yeah, I'm, this E nine might turn into a few. Extras. This could be yeah, this could be forty two minutes of E nine, so we might as well get All get right. into it. We uh, not sure if you know this or not, but we ask this to everyone. You can be one person for a day, dead or alive. Anybody on the history of the planet that's ever walked, who would you be? Wow, one person. Um, for a, just a day as well. One day, you could pick the for day. A day. Wow, like famous people. I don't know if that's. I don't. You know, if people say like Tiger Woods or something, I mean, if if I could know what it was like to be Tiger Woods on in '97 on, you know, on the Sunday, that would be kind of cool. But uh, you could. It's your day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I mean, that would be that. That's an seems like an easy answer for me. But one one person for a day. Gosh. Yeah, we've had anywhere from Jesus to. Tiger, Jordan. Yeah. We've had some Jordans. Jesus, Tiger. I mean, Jesus. Uh, yeah, Jesus. You know, got to pick the uh, right day. Yeah, I mean, uh, that Johnson Wagner said Ron Jeremy. Thought into that. Cole. Yeah, you should have alerted me a, a, a while back on that. Uh, we'll you can go with Aaron Rodgers in 2015. I want to be Aaron Rodgers um, on that third and eight when he decided to throw it instead of run for the first down. And then Matt LaFleur got all the heat uh, when they kicked it on fourth and eight. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting decision. You could be Aaron Rodgers in the darkness retreat, and you, you could tell your brain, I'm going back to the Packers. Um, and you only leave, and you could do ayahuasca, which would be pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> ayahuasca trip in a, in a teepee somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should do that out in the woods sometime. Get full swing in on that. You and Harmon in a teepee doing ayahuasca. I will watch the shit out of that episode. Oh, my God. (laughs) Get super. That would be uh, some good TV. All right, I got one for you here. We didn't get into it in the main interview. I'm going to give you a chance here now. I would put you in the elite category on tour of club throwing. Give me the best club thrower on tour, not you. The best club thrower on tour? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. That's another easy answer. I mean, Matt Every is a is that was a my guess. He's... Uh, we actually had a club throwing contest at the 3M about two years ago. I think it was. We went to the back of the range. He got a Callaway wedge from the truck, and we had a contest to see who could throw the furthest. He won, won? which I'm he did? disappointed to say. How far? I think he clipped me by like four or five yards. I, I don't, we didn't, it needed to be more official where we had yardages and everything, but we just marked where hit, where mine was. I went first, uh, you know, set the bar and, and he just landed like four or five yards beyond. Uh, I would say roughly about 50 yards. We need to track more well, for club throwing. And now you're stronger, even in the gym. I think y'all need to read, run this back. Yeah, that's really what I've been working on is is that uh, you know, <laughs> upward thrust and extension, you know, through the through the wedge. Yeah, I've done a lot of dumb shit on the PGA Tour, and um, you know, I'm not proud of it, but uh, I I hate to do bad. I fuck, I, I hate it. So um, I get I get pretty frustrated. I'm, I'm a fiery guy. All right, bonus question. Then give me your best throw. On the PG or just in your golf career, you can go back to amateur golf if you want. The one you're most proud of, like that, I I earned that throw. Oh man, best club throw, uh, 3M Championship, uh, circa 2020. I'm right on the cut line. I'm I'm struggling. Uh, I'm maybe, yeah, I'm I'm right on the cut line, and I'm sound 17. And there's a big pond on 17 at uh, 3M. I get there and I mean, all I can see is the water. I mean, I'm in that, that mindset of like this, I, I, I feel, I feel shitty. I'm standing over it. Don't miss the cut standing over the eight iron. And I just kind of like lean into it and, and fat it right in the water immediately as the ball is landing in the water, my eight iron is chasing after it. I mean, I just <laughs> tomahawk this thing as far as I could throw. I mean, it, it might've been my greatest distance ever. Uh, I launched my eight iron out in the middle of that lake and I'm like, shoot, I got hit again from right here. So 
I'm like, Joe or uh, Philip, I think it was came for me. That's Philip, give me the seven. So hit the seven, kind of flared over on the right side of the green. And I'm like, well, I'm not playing tomorrow. Let's take the seven out there, too. So I send the seven right on top of it. I mean, just instant replay, instant classic, right on top. And two putt for my, my double. Get to 18, no practice swing. Tip driver just hit it down the fairway. No practice swing. Smack it through it over the green. Get up there behind the green. I think I just, as soon as the other guy hit, I just take out my lob wedge, flop it, click, hits the pin, drops in for eagle, make the cut on the number. And now I'm like, oh boy, I'm a little, I'm a little short. I'm a little short the in the bag there. there. What do I do? <laughs> So I, had to, uh, I had to get a little creative there on on the weekends. But yeah, uh, what did you do? Hey, the bag was lighter for Philip because the, so the took, truck had to I be took gone. The, I, Chesson Hadley missed the cut, and he's like, "I'm never using these irons again." I'm like, "Well, great, because those are the same irons I use." And I go out to the range after the round, and they feel like toothpicks. I mean, he's got some light shafts in there. I, I like to swing like sledgehammers, and. Uh, so I tried those. I'm like, oh, these aren't going to work. And uh, I got some overnighted from my house. My my agent went by my house, dug through the, the garage and pulled out the a seven and eight and sent it to me. And luckily, I think I was laid off the back nine uh, and I was able to fill the bag ready to go. But so good. I yeah. love it. You made a cut. That's that one of the more embarrassing, but but proud as well. Yeah. Stories. Yeah, I mean, you if, rallied. If you're just watching at home, you're like, oh, my God, Patton just made double to go outside the cut. And then he showed so much heart making eagle to make the cut. Yeah, I mean, this guy never quits. so proud. He so never gets he down. so hard. Yeah. <laughs> He's just flatlined. He's never too up, never too down. That's why he did it. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, all right, next one. Well, you're a man of the South. You're not scared to wear a pair of khakis. Okay. There's uh Throughout your career, I, I noticed from. a lot of khakis were worn by Pat and Kazire. So the question <laughs> is, who has more khakis in their closet, you or Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> I think Pat Perez has the most. Oh, Perez. Perez, Perez has the most khakis. No, uh, Perez used to give me so much shit for wearing khaki. And he would wear you something your khakis. that was... He would wear something that was just remotely, like not even remotely close to khaki. I'm like... Are those khaki? And he would start getting so defensive. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh Harbaugh's a, a full khaki guy, but um, you know, it's, it's a it's a it's a way of life. You know, you, you, I own it down here in the south. You got the khaki in the south. You got the Nantucket red up there in the northeast. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just part of life. I do miss I do miss Perez. I I, I miss uh, cutting up with Perez, but. Um, yeah, I, I feel less uh, judged by my khaki now. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, every time I'm out there with CBS, I'll, I'll step in for him. And he can wear shorts now. He got rid of all slack, those khakis. Please. please do. I got you. Yeah, he's wearing shorts now. Uh, all right, I got an audible on this. I got to call a quick hot route here because he already covered the 3M uh, and finishing the making the cut with 12 clubs. So I'm going to ask you, since you, since you constantly come up, as the guy that people like to take the money off, take money off of the most in Sea Island. There's a lot of dudes that are outdoorsmen, okay, in Sea Island, yourself included, Harm, a lot of the guys, right? Give me rank the best hunter slash fisherman in Sea Island, starting at the top. Who's the uh, outdoorsman? Who's the best? Who's the worst? Well, from from an age and experience perspective, uh, Davis Love has a lot of a lot of experience. Um, Harmon is so my schedule is different than Harmon's and turkey season is about to come in and I feel helpless without without uh Harmon in the turkey woods he's he's like the turkey whisperer so um I'm hoping to get back on Harmon's schedule just purely for the turkey hunting uh I you like know that. nothing else um so Harmon 1A see the best. yeah I mean da Davis is like He's like the, you know, he he's he's just got the like most OG. experience. But um, Harmon, Godfather. Harmon's Harmon's got a he's he's like an animal. 
uh, feel like when, once he gets in the woods, he's an, he's an animal. All right. You grew up in Tuscaloosa. You live in Sea Island. You got Georgia Bulldogs everywhere. You got family that's Bama. Who, which fan base is more obnoxious after winning a national title, Bama or Georgia? Initially, Alabama. Alabama has, was uh, initially the most obnoxious. Uh, now it's like after a while, they, it, it just kind of became the, the norm. So uh, it, it became the norm for me and it became the norm for them. So it, it, was, it wasn't too bad. I feel like Georgia handled this last uh, national championship pretty well. I was uh, I was surprised, impressed, um, all of the above. So, uh, but I just having it either Alabama or Georgia every year it seems like coming up uh, is frustrating. I, I hope I hope we can get in there and and uh, you know, mix it up. Disrupt. Yeah, Come I feel like you? Georgia just knew they were going to win this year, and it was like it's not even like a big deal. They it's look like, like if they too. don't. Then it's a disaster. I was uh I was behind the bar at Ohoopy serving drinks to everybody when uh, when Ohio State missed that field goal. So it wasn't a given. Ooh. Ohio State took wow. them to the to the yeah. limit. That was that that was at the time of night when it's just serve yourself. Honor system. What a what a spot. That what place spot. is unbelievable. It's I mean, the best. All right, guys. See you later. Just handle whatever you want. Really? How yeah. out of your mind? This how, is about to get back. How him. far is that? So, how far is that from like Hilton Head? Oh man, um, can't be too far. It really can't be too far. I mean, a Hoopy is. Uh, well, I'm getting Congree and a Hoopy is a mix up, but uh, a Hoopy isn't near. Like Metter and Vidalia, Georgia. I don't know. I, I feel like know. it's got to be somewhat close. Georgia, it can't be too far. A few yeah. hours. It's in Vidalia, but, yeah, but we, it's pronounced five. We were there ways. for New Year's, and uh, I see him start to pull up like the Pappy Van Winkle and like the nice tequila, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And then all of a sudden, the just a few of the nicest bottles were gone, and all the employees were gone. Like what? So now it's like just us. Just do whatever you want to do. <laughs> So yeah, it's madness. I was looking around for cameras. I was like, dude, they're recording. Of course they're recording. As you drink the pappy, it's coming on, you know. They're not yeah. gonna not know. <laughs> I gotta check that place out. <laughs> it's uh, unbelievable. Do you have any left? Yeah, I got what? another one left. What? All right, here we go. I got this from an unnamed PGA tour player, friend of yours, okay? Oh yeah. He says that you believe you would be the UFC champion of the PGA tour. And if that's true, I want to know who do you think your toughest comp- competition would be in the octagon? This is, is this recent, a, by the way. Uh, is this a dub? This is from Dub. <laughs> uh, Can't reveal my source. I told him we we talked about it, uh, and I, if right now I would probably finish like a hundredth, but after a, you know, as I was throwing the eight and the seven in the water at the three M, I think I feel like I have some sort of like superhuman power um and i would be very competitive and i would i would bet on myself yeah he said so. your one like your one condition was i have to be angry if i'm angry no one can touch me <laughs> that was yeah, the whole yeah. deal yeah uh, it's it's uh once the, the boy the the blood starts boiling yeah I, I feel pretty competitive and cold cold is cold has seen uh well i mean Kiz is like a, a feather, but um, Kiz has seen me pick up, or Cole has seen me pick up Kiz like a, like a feather before. Yeah, we, we shouldn't talk about that story. Let's <laughs> do that. Bonus question. No. Bonus question. It's last yeah. time body slammed Kiz. It involves a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> yeah, the Rubik's Cube. The cube. The, yeah. Yep. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> All right, so yeah. it's not Kiz. Yeah. Kiz ain't the toughest competition. You got to come up with some weight classes. It has been a blast, man. Sorry about the technical difficulties. We're all good, but really enjoyed it. Best of luck the rest of the season, Patton. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. All right, that was Patton Kazire joining us on Subpar. A lot of fun sitting down with him. Love a man that ain't scared to show his emotions a little bit. Maybe break a club here or there. Make a cut with just 13 clubs. No big deal. Yeah, join the elite list of guys who have done that. And 
I don't, I still don't understand. I love Pat, and I don't know why everyone likes to take his money the most at CLM. They all say he's the most fun guy to take his money from. I I, I get why we Colt. There's certain guys in Arizona like we appreciate it more when they have to hand us some money. But PK, I'm like, dude, he's as good as they come. Well, I think it's because he wins so much. I mean, he's just he went on that heater where he just absolutely tore everyone up. And I have a feeling he likes to rub it in their face a little bit. And when he loses, he probably doesn't take it that well. So it's very enjoyable, but had a lot of fun sitting down with him. The man's got a lot of game. Um, best of luck to him the rest of the season. But let's get to some gambling here. Our parlay almost hit. The beautiful Adam Scott let us down a little bit. But I got to give a shout out to my man, Terrell Hatton, who was my dark horse this week. I loved him. He was seven over through nine on Thursday. I'm like, God damn it, Terrell. What did you just do? I was hyping you up all week. I loved you. Ends up shooting one over for the tournament and finishes yeah. in the top 20. That's a joke. That's not one of those golf courses Cole, where you're like, oh, oh, I'm four over, five over. No, oh, don't worry. I got the, I got this hole coming up. I got a couple scoreable par fives. I got some wedges. It's just every hole kicks you in the teeth. So to get that many over that early on and then come back and finish one over, like, damn, if he gets a little – if he could have a, a couple uh, do-overs there uh, early on Thursday, we could have been looking a lot different. But, uh, man, that was a hell of a run by him. And, yeah, Adam Scott. Kind of the opposite. Started off nice, was hanging in there. It was close. He's up on top of the leaderboard. And then uh, next thing you know, uh, Oak Hill happened, which uh, ain't the only guy it happened to either. Well, it's time to step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. Top 20s, matchups, whatever you want. Outright wins. We got it over at FanDuel. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, those there's no better time to get on the action. The app is super easy to use. And when you win, you get paid instantly. We are on to the Charles Schwab championship out at a place, you know, very well colonial. You will not be caddying this year. By the way, can we discuss how Wyndham decided not to play, but you're at the four ball. You couldn't have caddied anyway. (laughs) Could have done it anyways. Nice schedule. That's God. That's God just coming in there and making everything right. You know what I mean? It would have been an awkward call but like two days before. Uh, by the way, a little scheduling conflict there. But I actually knew a few weeks ago uh, that this was going to run in, but that he probably wasn't going to play. So uh, it ended up working out. A little one-year hiatus down at the Triple C. All right. So for my favorite, guy who had a great week, had a chance to win last week at the PGA. I just don't feel like he's going to have any kind of hangover. He loves Colonial. He's a ball-striking Jesse. He's going off at 14-1. to 1. He's sixth in the official world golf rankings, has not missed a cut in 22 tournaments. Going back to the Scottish Open last year, Javi Metal, Victor Hovland, 14 to 1. I like it, man. I think he's going to keep on rolling. Yeah, drives it on a string. He's one of those guys, like I've said before, I think the guys that are winning at Colonial now are the guys that are pressing it up with driver uh, more frequently. Fewer guys hitting irons, uh, Jordan Speed, Brian Palmer, some of these guys that have had success, and God, nobody drives it straighter than him. So I like it. Uh, Colt, you got what you going with the guy that's, that's hot right now. I'm gonna go with the guy. He's not cold. He's not hot, but it just feel like this golf course setup just just reeks of this guy. And it's Colin Morikawa, sixteen to one, twenty six. That Oak Hill. I feel like this should be a very fitting golf course for him. I like iron players, accuracy, as does everyone else around the Triple C. Uh, hard to find someone better in either of the, those areas than Colin. So give me Colin Morikawa, sixteen to one. Yep, golf course that he absolutely loves, and he should. Sets up perfect for him. My dark horse, here's the deal. This guy, he's kind of a, you know, course horses for courses kind of guy. He's missed his last okay. two cuts, but I don't think that it's set up very well for him. I didn't like him at Quail Hollow. I didn't like him last week at Oak Hill. But you go back to a course that's set up really good for him, Hilton Head. Finished tied for seventh. Guys that play well at Hilton Head tend to play well at Colonial. Going off at 60-1, to one, the little bulldog, Brian Harmon. Love B. Harmon around this joint. You're right. Horses for courses. This is a good, this is one he's got to have circled uh, every single year. Good game to fit it. My long shot. How about Michael Block? 50,000. Oh. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although it would be sick if he did something nice again this week. He's going to have a shitload of people rooting for him down there. All right. My real pick. My real dog shot. Uh, long shot. I feel like there's a little disrespect at this line for my guy, the TCU Horn Frog. Tom Hoagie going at 70 to 1. The hometown kid, I just said I like accuracy and I like iron players. Uh, that's Tom Hoagie, one of the best alongside Colin Morikawa, one of the best iron players in the game of golf. Not his best week at Oak Hill. He did play the weekend, T58. Honestly, that's not a place that I think Tom Hoagie's like, yep, this is a place that I'm going to thrive on. It was long. It was wet. It was just crazy hard. Get him back home to Fort Worth. Get him a little Billy Bob's. You know, get him a little barbecue in the system. Give me Tom Hoagie, 70-1. to 1. 
All right, so aim for the green this spring and bet on the PGA Tour. Go to FanDuel.com slash subpar and sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash subpar to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. FanDuel, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Must be 21 years and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369 in New York. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, or Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, or www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-800-F-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. All right, there's some more golf going on this week. You're out at the four ball. As we speak, you just dusted your first round matchup, five and three. We're on to the round of 16. How are we feeling? Feeling good, dude. The golf course today, completely different animal than we saw the first two days. Wind blew. It was a constant two-club wind up to three clubs at times, probably 18 to 20 most of the day, and then gusts in the high 20s. It was, it was a different ball game. Played tough. Pars were good. Birdies were hard to come by. I loved it. I kind of hope it stays like that. Uh, for the rest of the week, but we got around nicely today, and uh, each day is a new day, so we go off bright and early in the morning. Uh, shout out to the USGA. They put us in the last tee time today, 12-12 off the first mm-hmm. tee. Nice little sleeping situation for the sleeves, but, man, we're having a ball. It's fun. Like I tell you, well, there's like my one thing a year that I like, compete in that kind of matters, and we get to lock in and have a good time, and we got a great setup here with my boys that are hosting us um, down at Kiowa, so, you know, time to punch the clock. Go to work tomorrow. We'll see how it shakes out. Represent the brand. Don't embarrass us. Actually do actually win this no year. No promises. I, I know. I know. All right. Well, yeah. you know what? I'm off this week. I'm going to go sleep for a week. I just had seven straight weekends. It is time for a little hibernation for gravy. And I will. Uh, I'll be back next week at Memorial. Get your little shut eye, big dog. You deserve it. You know what I mean? Well, All right, man. Beauty sleep. Go play well. Special thanks to Pat and Gazire. And thanks to y'all for listening. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.